You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rob. Random Ramblings with Rob. Yeah. What up, everybody? This is your boy B Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rams with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a first-time listener during this time of crisis, uh, fucking stock market's crashing and goddamn people freaking touching shit and touching their face and touching their ass then can't wipe it because they ain't got no toilet paper or hand sanitizer and all this stuff and bidet prices are going through the roof because everybody's trying to find alternate means to wipe their ass and um through all that mr chaos i appreciate you giving my show a try for the new listeners and if anybody recommended you to me since we are in quarantine currently texas is supposed to be coming out next week as we record this and that's kind of fucking scary. But since we still are under those restrictions, get your social media app of choice and send that person that recommended you to me, a well-crafted DM telling them thank you for recommending you to this show. Speaking of social media, you can find this show on many platforms to include Twitter at 3R Show, Facebook at 3R Show. It's not really an at. You can do facebook.com forward slash 3R Show. Instagram at the three R show. And for anything that I may have missed, cause I'm doing all this shit off the top of my head. You can go to randomrob.com and you can find all those things in many different ways to help support the show. Now got all that bullshit out the way. Joining me once again, a man that has been very, very, very busy doing this pandemic epidemic, uh, extremities. I don't know. You can just say a whole bunch of, crazy words in there and sound you know like it's a cause for panic but once again returning funny man busy man mr dave temple how are you sir i'm all right man thanks for having me back this is a dope way to spend a friday night during the pandemic you know what i mean hey, yeah i just <laughs> finished busting some heads in call of duty watched a little bit of smackdown and drinking a little angry orchard and here we are man just hanging out yeah, oh, that's not a bad night either, man. Holy smokes, you did it all tonight. Yeah, yeah. I took a nap too, man. That was I'm I'm enjoying that in my my, my old age. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably gonna go down after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Because you are our head, so you already in the future and shit. You done seen what's gonna happen already. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. <laughs> Why are you bullshitting? It's raining over here right now. See. You- <laughs> I, I should have talked to you a couple minutes ago. I could have put my uh, stuff out in the y- got my stuff out the yard. <laughs> but um, man, we, we was talking a little bit before um, we started recording proper like and everything. And you have been a busy man. Uh, you start. I think you got a book project coming up or coming out. Um, you launched a slew of a uh, little different podcast activities and whatnot. From what I've seen on my end. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, shit. What else do you have going on? And you probably got I, you probably got some stuff I don't even know about yet. <laughs> Everything else is now focusing on the back end of the business, man. Like this, to me, I'm not gonna lie. This this quarantine was probably the best thing that ever could have happened to me as a businessman because it made me. I had to sit in one place for a little while. Yeah. You know what I mean? And really look at the numbers. You know, it's like boom. I had to do my taxes. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh really organized my hard drive and set up a um a media content schedule. 
You know what I mean? Where there's so much content that I've created over the years where it's just like, okay, I had to get out of my head that everybody's seen it and nobody cares about it anymore. No, that's not the case. I have followers that have just come on board this month that have no idea what I did a year ago. So you need yeah. to put together like a schedule. You know, I've worked with a digital marketing provider and somehow I've taken on employees oh, in the shit. pandemic. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm paying people to edit captions. I'm out here trying to figure out, but in the process of them doing that, I'm able to seek better information. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the link that I sent you about tracking down the SBA, uh, the, the, the crises loans and stuff like that. It's like, I have a better opportunity now as a businessman to go and actively seek things that are going to make me grow. You know what I mean? And kind of started to automate some of those other processes, like being on social media and yeah. making sure that you're tweeting and engaging and all that yes. kind of stuff like that. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the most taxing part of the day, man, because, you know, I, I've said this many a times and, you know, it's just like you're saying. I mean, it's not like that we're repeating ourselves or spamming out the same content. It's just that there's new potential listeners or followers are out there that don't know this stuff. So, I mean, a lot of the people that stick around and hang around for a while or whatever, they, they might see the same thing, you know, once or twice. But, I mean, it's not for them. It's for the new people. But that Twitter shit, man, it's just I'm at work 12 hours a day. Then I'm expected to tweet and engage with people as well. I mean, you know, I try to do that as best as I can. But the autom automation joints that you talk about, they really, really help out because I can schedule from the time I get up to the time I can have a lunch break. And, you know, you know, I can check in on it. Well, actually, when I say I automate it, I hire my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I mean, that'll keep you fresh as well. <laughs> She's a teenager. I looked at her like, Yo, you're always how much does it cost to make those thumbs work for me? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, come on, let's, let's get it that way. And <laughs> it's the family business. I mean, and you're teaching a trade early. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to be on here, do something. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 I mean, and I, and I look at my kid or whatever, cause she's grown up into the age of, you know, this technology that we have now to where, you know, she, she got the Hey guy voice. You know what that is? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, yeah. guys. They all talk like YouTubers. <laughs> Hell, yeah. So she'd be sitting there. And, uh, matter of fact, case in point, we was in here. We was playing um, old school Xbox. We're playing Burnout. And we we driving and everything. And she just commentating the whole goddamn match. She's like, oh, I'm going to turn right mm -hmm. here. And then I'm going to come over and blow up this thing right here. And I was like, yeah, I need to put a camera in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, and I, I can't be mad at mine for doing it also because I realize she spent I've spent most of her life yelling into the abyss that is the internet. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? She's always seen me yelling into a phone, editing videos, making things happen. So I mean, I've been doing looking at it this way maybe about two years now, and going yeah. on two years. You know, she watched me do that. That started off in my older daughter's bedroom, and then we finally moved into a studio that I started to build in the basement. Um, you know, unpopular opinions has been a thing that I've been doing uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at yes. eleven o'clock. This is a fun thing. We're taking late night back. You know, the Adult yeah. Swim portion of the Comedy Channel here, where you know I, I invite the users just come in. Me and my partner, we ran for about thirty minutes about some unpopular opinions. You know, we usually map out some some topics. Like our first episode, we hashed out was Wu Tang good or were they just cool? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and my man, 
he had some pretty valid points that he's like, ah, it's just nine guys that are really cool. They're really not that good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's an unpopular opinion. But, you know what I mean? We're hashing that kind of stuff off and taking people's minds off of Corona, man. We don't want to talk about Corona no more. We just want to have fun and be idiots on the Internet. Yeah. Uh, but 1130, I open up the request to anybody in the room that wants to go live with me. Run through. They got five minutes or state their unpopular opinion. Back it up with some facts. It's no judgment zone. We just let them rock out. What do you got to say? You know what I mean? And it's been real fun. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I, I could have jumped on that Wu Tang debate because I mean, the only one recognizable to me. I mean, I know the names, but the only one that really stand <laughs> out to me is motherfucking Method Man. He he's the one that uh-huh. kind of transcended the group. And then, I because mean, he was so cool. Hell yeah. He's so cool, yeah. He parlayed that into How High, and then, you know, he was on SVU and all these other shows, movie roles, and all kind of junk, man. He he, he the one my, that actually <laughs> took it and ran with it. Yeah, my friend Conrad said it was their branding. They had the best symbol, mm-hmm. and that kind of brand recognition, no one in rap had that. No. Gangstar, EPMD, none of them had a logo like that W that just made them stand out, you know? Yeah. Matter of fact, in my closet right now, I, I just wore it the other day because it got cold out here. I got a sweater, black, got the W on there instead of Wu-Tang and say Wakanda. <laughs> I, I rock the shit out of that. That shit is fly as hell. Yeah. And then I'm a professional uh, wrestling fan too. They got that same black shirt, got the W, but it say woo like Ric Flair. <laughs> oh wow! So I mean, they symbol is just like all over the place, man, and it's great marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what it was. Definitely shit, cause like the um, the the shirt that I made, the um, the one that says random, but it looks like the Doom letters from the game. I mean, that's the most popular thing I I have, cause I mean, people recognize it. Oh, that's from Doom. The shit tight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And they just go. They just go. Yeah. yeah. But like um, with you, you was talking about um, editing content and everything. Well, what what I just seen, I don't know how long you had that, though, but it's new to me um, from your comedy special. You know, we talked about it last time you was on here and you had people actually doing skits off your um, some of your material from your comedy special. Yeah, yeah. So that was on the uh, show Laugh Mob Laugh Tracks. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we would, um, they just canceled that also. They're not going to do season three. But they, you know, we had the clip and the the people would reenact the the clip. And my digital, my digital marketing, I don't even know what the hell you call it. I I don't want to call it just my social media girl, but. (laughs) Your digital marketing team, yes. She pushed me to TikTok. She pushed me out. I was like, oh. I didn't want to go to TikTok. I don't want to w- be on TikTok. I'm an adult. I'm not going to be on here dancing. And she's like, trust me, you do not have to dance. Oh, no, you don't. Comedy does very well on TikTok. Yeah, yeah I was just and about to, um, if I wasn't using my phone to record myself right now, I was going to go follow your shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I st- I started posting uh, stand-up clips on there, and they just went, they went nuts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd never seen anything like that before. Like, I think the first clip, we posted it did like sixty nine thousand views, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, and it was like twenty nine thousand, and I'm like, get out of here! Is this real? Like, and to be honest with you, I have the healthiest relationship with TikTok because I don't care about it. Yeah, it's not something I don't follow anybody. I don't even go into the thing. The girl posts a video once a day. I just 
We chop them up into one minute blocks. So I decided to start sharing those one minute blocks on uh, social media, also yeah. on on the other platforms. I'm sorry, TikTok is social media. That's yeah, <laughs> that's how much I don't care about it. <laughs> well, see, I mean, but it but, is, it is convenient though, because um, you can put those clips on there, and they have the option to share to multiple platforms, and it's just it makes it that much easier to share. I've never done those kind of numbers on any other platform. I've never reached sixty nine thousand views and a one minute clip within 24 hours. It, it was mm-hmm. absolutely insane. So, um, you know, one of the things that I'm working on now with my, my special, uh, the second one, which I was working with a, uh, a production company that was supposed to edit and chop this thing up for me. And then a quarantine happened Ugh. and I lie to you not, this guy cannot figure out how to get his life going with his kids in the house. Like I, I followed up with the guy twice. Like where are we at? And he's just like, I don't even know what the hell is going on. He's like folding under the pressure. So oh, I'm gonna have to find a new editor, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll go from there. But I have an idea that I think, depending on you know, I might you, how much I can get this thing done for. I think it's never been done before, Rob. I think I'm just gonna animate the whole special. Oh yeah, like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never been done before, and, and I realize at this point with comedy, you have to do something that has never been seen for people to go. Is that the? Is that that cartoon special? They'll know the cartoon special before they know my name. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and again, it sounds bad, but might release it. You know, one minute at a time on TikTok. Those are the those are the people who share everything. I watched yeah. that. Uh, what was that channel that they were just doing the Wiz Khalifa song and everybody was dancing? Yeah, the, uh, something new challenge. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I ain't know what. Yeah, they were, baby, give me something. Oh that man. Song is from- <laughs> That song is from 2017. Yeah, but what I seen the most recent was you know they got so many goddamn versions of that video. But they had the one with the little kid on there. He gave his brother a two piece in the back of the head. <laughs> he <was in> front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit was hilarious. Yeah. But you know those that kind of distribution where you look at something like a song that we didn't even know existed three years ago. And it could go from a nothing to 12 million views on on YouTube and all, all, all of a sudden out of nowhere, there's all these royalties and residuals coming in. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of gives you an idea that the kids are definitely future. You know what I mean? And you, you yeah. got to kind of market towards them. You know, uh, I get it. Us grown folks. We're, we're busy. You know, <laughs> I got property taxes and all this other bullshit to worry about. <laughs> God damn it. I ain't ticking no talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, i mean i have a tiktok as well i don't post shit to it i just damn i use the account to save the tiktoks that i like <laughs> matter of fa- <laughs> matter of fact today i found uh it's just interesting i ain't never seen nothing like this you know anywhere dude is in shopping 
shopping uh, plazas, parking lots and stuff like that, harassing people. I mean, uh, you can call it harassment, but he is hounding people to put their carts back in the cart carrier. You know, you know, instead of leaving their carts out in the parking lot and all between the spaces and shit, he is chasing yeah. motherfuckers down. Hey, put your carts back in the cart carrier. Put your carts back. And he putting bumper stickers on their car saying, you know, put your cart back and all kind of crazy shit. And it's just wow. hilarious. I'm, I'm going to try to get that and, dude and on and the that's show. So, it's so weird because it's so simple yet somehow it's so genius that it catches everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. People share that. I, before we just came on, um, someone just sent me a text OJ is now on Twitter, on TikTok. Oh, yeah. OJ oh, TikTok? TikTok. I know he was on Twitter, and but he's on TikTok. Yeah, he was great oh. on Twitter. I loved him on Twitter. But he's on uh, TikTok, and his first TikTok is him doing that board in the house, and I'm in the house board. And, <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be hilarious. I don't think those kids know who OJ is. Mm-mm. I think in their mind, they're just going to think this is just some cool old man <laughs> who knows how to have a good time. See, and that, that's the thing with um, the next generation of kids and whatnot. It's just a lot of this stuff done hit their statute of limitation. So OJ done did all that shit buku years ago. That was when I was in middle school and shit when that happened. You know, so my kids don't know who the fuck OJ Simpson is. So just like you said, they're going to see him doing some crazy shit on TikTok. They'll be like, oh, man, OJ's the best. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. <laughs> you need to have a conversation right quick. Let me pull you to the side about <laughs> The only OJ is good in this house is this orange juice in the fridge. <laughs> but I mean, his Twitter game though is just like he don't even post tweets. I don't think he just do all videos. Yeah, yeah. Which I only follow. Him, I, excuse me, I don't follow him on Twitter, but I only go to Twitter. I go to his Twitter when I need a good, like a reset. Like mm-hmm. it's not a laugh. Oh no! It's just an uh, when I need to understand humanity, I look at the comments in OJ's Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so OJ will just post, "Hey guys, you know, opening season today. I hope this guy has a great week. I hope that guy has a great week." And it's just five hundred thousand comments. You murderer! You piece of shit! Some people are posting pictures of Nicole's bloody carcass on the kitchen floor. And you go like, yeah, that's that's humanity. Yeah. Like everybody has a really, really dark side and everyone thinks that they're righteous. You know what I mean? And they're not. They're out of their goddamn minds. No. You know, like someone has Nicole's bloody carcass saved in their camera roll so that when yes. OJ tweets, they can, they can go it. to it and post that in the comment. Let me tell you about my little slice of humanity as it pertains to OJ Simpson. <laughs> The the day after it happened, I was in California and my sister woke us up as early the very next morning and we drove to Los Angeles to go take pictures in front of OJ house. Wow. <laughs> so I have pictures of me as a little kid in my daggone black and white Adidas, a freaking freaking sleeveless little shirt and some some high ass shorts above my knees. Just mean faced in the motherfucker standing in front of OJ house, just taking pictures and shit. <laughs> but then, you know, I mean, to be there in person is just, damn, it was crazy. Cause I mean, I was a little kid. I didn't give a fuck about what the hell was going on. I didn't really had to, you know, the understanding of what was going on. I just know something bad happened and OJ was involved with it. 
you know, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not live far from her at all, you know? Right, right. Because we went from his house to Nicole Brown house. And the mm-hmm. freaking tape was still there, blood still on the ground, on the fence, and all that other crazy shit. And my sister got pictures of all this shit, you know? So it's just crazy that that shit happened. And the very next morning, I was in the car to go see the shit, you know? Right. As a middle schooler. Like, I give a fuck about some OJ shit. <laughs> Man, yeah. Yeah. That's, but that's not how my sister was. I mean, she, I think, you know, because she married a military man. And, you know, I think that was like the best time of her life or whatever, because she liked to go places and do all this stuff. And for her to be in California, be that close to something like that. I mean, it just blew her fucking lid off. It was just fucking crazy. I got pictures of where did she grow up? Um, Cleveland. Wow. Cleveland maybe, and, yeah, um, maybe she was starving for it. You know yeah, what I well, mean? Like, and Louisiana, where I'm from, you mean, it, you know, it was a lot of back and forth. I mean, she's way older than me, so I didn't even grow up with her in the house. I mean, she might have babysitted right. me when I was a little child, but like, you know, growing up and having m- actual memories or whatever, I mean, like, she was never in the house. I mean, because she's that much older than me. Yeah, and, yeah. But I mean, shit, as long as I was alive and like in school age and shit, she was married to that guy in the military and they would go from base to base and everything. And it was just I would go visit, you know, in Kentucky and California, Florida, all these different places and stuff. But California, I think, was the best because Los Angeles is right there. We got pictures in Vegas with like Shaquille O'Neal, Cuba Gooden Jr., all kind of crazy shit. Because we would walk around the MGM looking for motherfuckers to take pictures with and shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's well, yeah, and you know that's the weird thing that I guess it's a fun thing to do when you go to another city. Like, I was so disappointed that uh, that Skankfest did not that got canceled. Because I was looking forward to coming down to Houston. I Boy. wanted to just walk around. I had booked a day early and a day later just to walk around. Like, the fact that I found out that, like, Scarface was running yes. for city council. Yes. Like, I, I just need to see that banner in person. You know what I mean? I, I just wanted to walk around. And uh, hopefully I'll still get down there in September. I think that's when they're rescheduling it for September. But... Yeah, I'll probably be doing the same thing. Just walking around, looking at stuff, you know, just so excited to see mundane things in another city, you know? Dude, that shit blew my mind to see his picture, like, for a freaking, you know, the campaign photos and stuff. It had Brad, Scarface in parentheses, Jordan or whatever his last name. And I was just like, why would you? I mean... Granted, you from Houston, you here, you you have a base here in Houston. I mean, everybody knows who you are, but we, I mean, really, you running for some kind of office or something. Why would you put Scarface on your marketing materials? I mean, it just blew my fucking mind. Because it's going to pull, it's the Obama effect. Yeah. It'll pull in a bunch of voters that it didn't pull before. That's it. It's, it's just, can is your fan base big enough? To get you in, you know yeah. what I mean? Because I think um, um his uh, partner in uh, Ghetto Boys, uh, Willie D, I think he was running for some kind of position here too as well. Yeah, that lets you know they must have got some real money. <laughs> <laughs> you get real money, you start caring about things like local politics, you know? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And then, I mean, man, that, that's what it's all about, though. I mean, you you see a disparity in your community or whatever, and you if you can get in the position to really inflict change, I mean, why not go for it? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I shit. And Houston has so much support for their artists, man. It's just like I, I grew up in Louisiana. That's why I was born and raised at. But I did not know how much of Houston's music culture has influenced my childhood. You know, it's just I, I first moved here in 2016 and I turned on a local radio station and they was just playing my whole childhood on the goddamn radio. I was like, God damn. And then just like every, mm. every other day, it's just like one of them guys is on the radio. Slim Thug, Paul Wall, Lil Flip, Scarface, somebody, you know, from here. Cause, right. Because they big up their artists. They really support their artists here. And they artists do a lot for the community, too. Used to be that way in New York. That's what they say. Rosenberg changed all of that. And once in Rosenberg started playing, giving more down south, uh, Pound South music play on Hot 97, it was over for it was over for New York rappers. <laughs> Word. I shit, I remember the game talking about that. You better come up with a dance if you want to get some radio play. <laughs> Man. And that's that's the scary part of, you know, even for my line of work with comedy, you got people now that are, you know, been doing more skits online mm-hmm. to um put something together and and i get it it gets the views but it i i don't know how it equates to i i, I don't know i don't fully understand that model and I'm, that's something that i don't want to do i don't want to fall down on the ground and you know be silly in order to get likes and, and yeah. you know you start getting extreme i saw this one kid it recently took a a firecracker put it on oh, his eyelid no. and lit it you know and he pow ah! And his friend, I got you. And his friend cuts the thing off. But it's like this guy, he's always on here pouring bleach on his face and all kinds of weird stuff like that to get likes and views. Oh, the, the I don't want to go that far, is, bro. Is that the kid that always be wearing like the Supreme headband or some crazy shit like that? No, but I know that I know the yeah. kid you're talking about. There's like a white kid with a lot of acne, right? Oh yeah. Well, oh, that dude be doing yeah, some retarded yeah. stuff too. He be is he putting... still alive? I don't know. I might I might give him a look up once I get done here. You know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of stuff, so I mean, it's I know, and that's that's the thing that sucks so bad about it because they have to work that hard to get on your radar, mm-hmm. and you're still not checking for them. You just kind of go, "Oof, that's a damn shame." But that lets you know how hard it is to get noticed yeah. in this world, man. Mm, it, I mean, and, and once you get noticed, it's, I mean, it's, it's one thing to get noticed, but when you get noticed, it's hard to kind of stay in that position and whatnot. Because, I mean, anybody can be a flash in the pan. I mean, I can get on TikTok one day and say, ah, booga booga, and it'll get 100 million likes and shit, and then damn, I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do next, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and hopefully, but I think that might be the healthiest thing. Get you a little bit of it, experience the love and experience the hate of being that famous. And then you can go like, whew, okay, I dodged the bullet on that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like getting 15 minutes of fame is like getting the hottest girl in high school to have sex with you in the car. You get it once and that's it. Yep. You go to college, come home. She's got four kids. She's <laughs> way heavier than she used to be. And you're like, holy smokes, huh? I dodged the bullet there, you know. Yeah. I remember thinking I wanted to marry that girl. Like, nah, he don't want to marry that girl. <laughs> no, no, that was the lust talking. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same thing with with fame and show business, man. It's just some lust. It's lustful. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we look at um, 
a lot of this uh, skit stuff. I didn't really see too much of it um, until really Kevin Hart started blowing up because he had the, the freaking he made the app and then they're gone. They start taking this freaking comedy clips and making skits out of them. And then now. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it started going off from there, which I mean, I think that's freaking cool because, I mean, it's acting. You know, I try to lip sing in the car and I can't get the words right most of the time. But for them to daggone pantomime a whole skit like that, like how they did yours and his, I mean, that's freaking talent. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, so, you know, the way we do that is we we would do we, you know, record a show with an actual live audience. And then when we go to reenact the story, um, we play back the audio from the show on a monitor you know, so that everyone in the scene can hear what's going on and react to it. It takes, it's multiple, multiple takes, yes. a lot of takes, but, you know, when you get it and you land it right, it, it, it comes out to be a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you already mapping it out for the next one? Um, No, not for that level of, like, act out. I think my goal would be the audio, the video that footage that we did get of the special mm-hmm. uh there is a page on youtube that i like to check out it's called sight and sound or sketch and sound and this guy took dave chappelle's special mm-hmm. and animated it so he basically animated dave and you can see a cartoon dave on the same stage and everything but i recognize like this this looks good Mm-hmm. This looks really good. You know what I mean? Anybody would look at this because an adult can look at this and still get the humor. Yeah. And then a child can look at it and not necessarily get the humor, or understand it, but they're drawn to it yeah, because it's a cartoon. Colors, colors and pictures. <laughs> right. And there's a positive association because the adults are smiling and laughing at it. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? You become the focal point of, Oh, this, whatever this is, brings me joy. Like I, when I was a kid, I didn't understand all of the subject matter mm-hmm. that was going on in Eddie Murphy's stand up, yeah, nah. but the adults seem to enjoy it. So I enjoy it too. You know what I mean? As I, I got a little older, I'm like, holy snook. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. I, I can remember being um, younger, man. And my, some of my sisters, my sister and brother who would be in there, they'd be watching Def Comedy Jam and they'd just be in there. Yeah cackling and laughing i'd be like ha, ha, ha. what'd he say <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember being terrified of uh adult relationships when i think we talked about this the last time i was on the show seeing uh martin lawrence you so crazy his yeah. first stand-up special mm-hmm. and he was talking about like you know being in a relationship and like the whole like Woman tell you she got to take a shit before y'all have sex, and yeah, the, she got oh, yeah, the, balls all in the sheets and stuff like that. I remember being scared to death. Like, is this real? Like, is this a real thing that happens? You know, because everyone that is in the room dying laughing, and I remember being petrified. Like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want no doodle balls in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then a lot of that stuff. You know, looking at it when I was younger, or whatever it was. It made you learn. It's just like they'd be talking about all that nasty shit and those relationship stuff. And you're like, I get a girlfriend or whatever. I, here I am, like 14, 15 years old or whatever. And I'm like, so is you going to put doo doo crumbs in my bed? <laughs> 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 <You know? laughs> 
Yeah. Is that what happens yeah, with adults so have sex? I think the message in this next special, the second one, whenever this thing comes out and we come off of this pandemic, um, you know, at least I'm hoping that it'll it'll give a message to young people to uh, compromise in your relationship, but have a good, healthy understanding of what marriage in a relationship is going to be. Yeah. Like, I spoke basically very honestly as a man who had been in a 10-year relationship. You know what I mean? As far as what it was. It's very relatable. It's very funny. Uh, you know, my lady actually broke up with me the, the next day <laughs> as a result of being at this taping. And she's just like, I don't want to be the I don't want to be the focal point of your humor or like the punchline of your bit. And I'm like, whoa, you know, but it's uh, I stand behind what I say. So mm. I don't know. I was thinking about marketing as the special that ended my relationship. But uh, I think that's why? way too harsh. And it might, no, it might not be all the way over. But hey, I mean, put it on the rocks. There you go. That's the subtitle. <laughs> Dave Temple <laughs> on the rocks. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's a story as old as time. Nag on comedians go up there and they give a bit of their life or whatever, man. They tell what they've been through and whatnot. And you know, for I don't know. I mean, for you to hide that, you know, it, it, I don't know. It's just it would be weird. Well, that's what everybody does, man. Everybody, everybody hides, and it's uh. It's fascinating. That's the one thing I can say has been fascinating about social media is people are getting stir crazy to the point they can't even hide who they are on social media. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing a lot of these disheveled human beings come on and share their darkest humor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and to me, it's funny because I've always been explaining, you guys all had that in you. You know what I mean? It takes you being in the house for five weeks for you to finally admit, like, yeah, I really don't like showering. I eat whatever I want. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I don't always look great when I come out of the house and I don't give a fuck. And it's like, yeah, that there you go. Lean into that. That's what we wanted. That kind of honesty from day one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I like that the quarantine has forced a lot of people to be honest about what they look like. <laughs> you can't get to a barber, can't get to a hairdresser. This is who you are now. So deal with it, you know? Yep. And it also started like 38,000 more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. But I mean, th this is the thing. This is like New Year's re your New Year's resolution. I'm going to get in the gym. We, Yeah, everybody there January 1st. But we're going to see who's going to be there at the end of February, March, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing that's been fascinating is. Um, and I, I want to get this out as much as possible that I have an, my opening joke on this special is me saying that I wanted coronavirus to be big. Mm. I want it to be big. I wanted to knock out 65 percent of the population so that the rest of us can focus and get better. Uh, like and, and my reference point was I said human beings are bored. A week prior to this, the day that I recorded this special, we were balancing broomsticks on social media. So yeah. we, we were bored. We needed something to do. And any pandemic that's ever happened in humanity, Black Plague, anything that's wiped out that 60, 70 percent of the population, the 30 percent that stuck around, they got so focused and made the biggest advancements in humanity because they had to, you know? Yeah. So... When I go to the track, I go to the track in the morning and get some exercise and it's daily. 
Mm-hmm. Week one, I was well before the pandemic. I was always at the track by myself. Yeah, maybe one, two other people. Week one, you started to see it went to maybe five or six people. Mm-hmm. Week five, now the track is swelling every morning around ten thirty, and it's become a thing. Now it's not the entire neighborhood, but it's a percentage of the neighborhood that's getting their shit together. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are still in the house. They're like, fuck it. They're not even showering. They're not even going to get out of the bed. They're not going to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. That is the dead weight that we kind of got to get rid of a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. Sit in the house and die a slow death, man. But the people who, in my opinion, are kind of going to ignore this lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the people who are going to figure out like, oh, okay, we kind of do whatever we want. You know what I mean? And let everybody else who's kind of susceptible to that stay in the house and be taken advantage of. They get their little rations of uh, unemployment, you know, stimulus here and there. And they think that that's enough to sustain life. And they'll be fine. They'll be batteries for the rest of us, you know? Word. Shit, man, I got that. Well, I didn't get that shit because (laughs) I'm married. So when we do taxes, that money we get back, it just, I just put it in her account. I don't even worry about it. I mean, she'll do what she'll do with it. She, I know she'll take care of us and whatever. I mean, that's how I feel about tax money and whatnot. So right. I'm at work and uh, people at work were talking about, yeah, man, I got my money. I got my money. I was like, okay. So I text my wife. I was like, uh, everybody at work talking about they got that, um, that them Trump books and whatnot. And uh, she's like, yeah, yeah, we got it. I was like, okay, how much we get? I was like, we get that like twelve hundred or whatever. She's like, we got more than that. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. all right, cool. And then we went to Walmart the next day and balled it up. <laughs> I saw that. I saw your clip on Walmart. Your cart was stacked higher than usual. Is that what that was about? <laughs> yeah, man. It was just like we just went uh, fortified and whatnot. We filled up the freezers and whatnot. So if we had to stay in the house, we we'd be good to go. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Normally, you kind of just walking around the aisles with one or two things in your hand doing the rambling with Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I saw your, your story the other day. That cart was... <laughs> look, look, look. So she, she know I do that shit, right? So as soon as we get in there, you know, the, the people clean the cart off or whatever, and I give it a little double tap of sanitizer and wipe the handles off again. And she's like, give me the cart, and you go do what you do. I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so I go, uh-huh. I go run off down the aisles and shit. You know, I, cause I, I'm putting some shit together in the house, cause that's been a thing for me. It's just like I'm stuck in this motherfucker. Now I gotta make home improvements and shit. So dang, I had to, yeah. I had to replace a handle on the sink faucet. Damn, I'm in here pouring masonry and concrete in the garage and shit, and building my studio, and um, just all kind of other random ends and odds and whatnot. So I'm over there in the paint section looking for caulk and all kind of other crazy shit, cause I just recently hung a TV. And I I wanted to, I wanted my shit to be fly. I wanted to look at the TV and just have the TV, no wires hanging down, looking all raggedy and shit. So I'm drilling holes yeah. in the wall, pulling wire out through the bottom, and I fucked up my measurement. <laughs> so my hole in the top where the cords go down, and the hole on the bottom where the whole cords come out, they don't line up. So I had to wind up making two holes. <laughs> another hole. <laughs> so I got one hole that's on the damn support beam. Then I got another hole in the right place. So now I got to freaking paste this one up and caulk over that bitch. So I'm over there getting the, the tools and the utensils for that. And then when I come back, that cart is like 
leaning to one side. I'm like, oh shit. And then she played me slick. So she went, she left the card there. She went over down the aisle, found something. And she's like, come on. Well, what you mean, come on? You wanted the cart. You pushed this motherfucker. So now I'm pushing the cart over there. And that's how I got that big motherfucker. She she duped me into it. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do, man. They dupe you. They they pressed me for a, uh, a pet during this uh, pandemic. Now, when it first started, no, I was sick. I don't know whether I had the Rona or something else. Mm-hmm. But I took my self down in the basement office and quarantine myself for a few days until I was better. And during one of those days, my daughter comes downstairs with a composition book and she goes, daddy, I just want to read something to you. And then she had a two page uh, story that she had written out about why I should let them get a cat. You know what I mean? That, and that, that, that's your, you that's got, your doing. That's your doing right there. Be like, that's my doing. Yeah, you seem like the type of person. Be like, hey, Dad, can I have this? Why do you need to have this? I need you to explain to me why you need to have this. And if you can convince me that you know is this is a good idea, I'll let you have that. That that seems like you're doing to me. <laughs> I just need to know. You're probably right. Now, my thing is, I just need to know how is this going to not be my responsibility? Exactly. I'm a responsible man. In fact, I'm so responsible that I run from all responsibility now as an adult. That's how responsible I am, you know? Like, I know what it meant to, to be the manager at a retail store. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I don't I don't want your keys. For three thousand dollars, I am not becoming your store snitch. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, nah, I don't I don't want that. Um so yeah, that's the thing. When when people say they want to do, I just don't want anything else on my plate, you know? Um, exactly. But yeah, apparently I had agreed to a uh, cat and we ended up with a Corona cat. Like they literally went out and adopted a cat during the pandemic. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why would you bring another mouth to feed and something else to vaccinate and do all of that? But that's what ladies do, man. They they come from the emotional and then they just manipulate you into going along with it. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I got lucky on that cat shit because damn, the, the youngest one is allergic. I was like, yes. <laughs> and I hate cats, too. So fuck them. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind. So I don't want to be shooing some animal out of my plate and out of my cups and all that. and Scratching stuff up, throwing up all over the place. I hate it. Yeah. And then we, we might look into an animal like a dog. Uh, next year sometime or whatever but I had only one dog in my life and that I, I got rid of it in 2016 and that's because I, I separated from the military and we didn't have nowhere to you know transport it and put it up when we moved down here to Houston so I wound up giving mm-hmm. it back to the person that I got it from and whatnot. they got it in a good home and everything but that was my dog that was the only dog I I personally ever had because I mean we had animal, oh, we had animals growing up you know and stuff but that wasn't my dog it was just kind of like here we had a chow you know what a chow is right chow chow big, yeah it was a purple tongue yeah big afro dog uh-huh. <laughs> and damn we, this bitch just stayed in the cage we ain't do shit with that dog we ain't play with it we ain't walk it just <laughs> it was in the cage in the backyard I just run out there and throw some food in the daggone bowl and then go back in the house <laughs> That's not a pet. Mm-hmm. That's a freaking animal. That's a zoo attraction. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, dogs previous to that, it was just like a dog in the backyard on a leash and whatnot. My brother had a... My mom didn't want to have the animals 
in the house. So my brother had a fucking cocker spaniel. That's not an outside dog. In the backyard no. on, the, on a fucking leash and shit. And that dog hung itself. <laughs> so, yeah, they do that. Like they get all wildery up and fall off of like a flight of steps with the thing yeah. on them. The yeah. Collar, right? I think that because it was an outside, it was an inside dog that was on the outside. I think it couldn't take it no more, and it just took its own life into his hands. <laughs> and then we had this other wild ass dog when I was younger. It was just this big, freaking. I couldn't even go on my swing set in the backyard. This motherfucker would run around the swing set and tangle up the chain and shit and chase me down. I'm like, fuck this dog. But yeah, but this dog that I had, I mean, I had it from a puppy. And I, I house broke it as best as I could. I took it out. I taught it tricks. I, I taught that motherfucker how to fist bump, dog. I taught him yeah? how to taught him how to fist bump. I'd be like, I put my my fist out like that, and you put his little uh-huh. paw on top. You know, I was like, yeah, that was my, that was my dog. And man, I re- that's not right. And um, when I retired, man, I remember all that shit hitting me because it was a whole bunch of emotions, man. It's like something I did for sixteen years consecutively without break, without fail, and um. I can remember the day I retired and um, it was that afternoon I took the dog back to the people I got him from and I was like I don't know man um, once we get down to Houston you know I, I might make a trip back up here because I had an extra vehicle up there that we couldn't bring down there's only two adults so uh-huh. I might have to come back up and probably get this car so I can see if I got a place by then I come get back and get the dog if not you know I'll let you know and dog, that shit was heartbreaking, man. I, I gave him, I gave him a little doggy hug and shit. I pet him on the head, and I got in the car and I drove off. Man, I was tearing up and shit. I was like, yeah, this is my dog. Wow, yeah, sixteen years though, yeah, it's crazy. It's a lot. Yeah, but now, man, fuck, I don't even want no animals no more. Fuck that. I ain't told that story. Got my <laughs> shit all like wound it up made again. You feel like a human being. <laughs> exactly, dog. You don't want to go through that again. Hell nah. I don't want to fuck with none of that shit again, man. Because, you know, kid had a fish in there. She wanted a fish. Wanted a fish. I mean, that's an easy animal to take care of, right? Nah, nah. Nah. I'm the motherfucker take care of that shit. I'm the one changing the filter. I got to pour out freaking 60% of the water. Then I got to put room temperature water in there with the freaking, and then some fucking beta fish so it can only be one fish in the damn tank. And they got to have special water and salt and all this other bullshit. And I got to measure this off like I'm a goddamn chemist or some shit. Way too much work, yeah. And they and they always try to pass it off as here, take this fish for your kid. Like, I, okay, this kid. There's no way this kid's gonna be able to figure out all of that. You know that. No, came my shit. We had hamsters before that. I'm chasing hamsters behind the dresser and shit, and fucking putting hay in the goddamn thing. One weekend, we was just like, fuck it. We poured all the hamster food in the goddamn cage, and we left for the weekend. Just fuck it. They'll they'll figure it out. <laughs> we can't. We came back and one of the hamsters ate the other hamster. I was like, God damn. Yeah, which is a fascinating thing that I think they do to help out. Like, it's literally like, come on, man. I would do it for you. Come on, kill me, man. Kill me. I don't want to live like this, brother. <laughs> See, it's just like gerbils do that. Like, if they're born in captivity, the mom will just eat the babies, like, right away. You know what I mean? It's just like, she. I don't think she wants her gerbils to grow up like that. Yeah. See, it's just like that cocker spaniel, man. So for all you, for all you women living in the projects, take heed. Start drowning your babies in the bath. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> please, please be playing. <laughs> <laughs> man, you see, because I was gonna make a slavery joke or whatever, but you know, I just kept it rolling. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
But man, it's so. I mean, you, you didn't stack so much on your plate during this um this this break that the nation has had and whatnot. I mean, once we get rolling proper, whatever. I mean, do you have anything else you want to add, or you just figure you got your a good medium right now? Um. I think that I, I don't think comedy is going to come back the way we want it to mm-hmm. anytime soon. Yeah. I just don't see it being a luxury. I, I see a lot of people who even had the money to come out and support comedy like that, that, you know, won't be anxious to return to work and work themselves to death and won't have it on. And then to come to a club on the weekend. But even the rich people, I don't see them being comfortable coming into a room like that and hanging out. Mm -hmm. I think the media has done such a good job of scaring the shit out of everybody. I mean, I I got neighbors that don't even speak anymore Mm -hmm. over simple shit like you're outside without a mask. Yeah, I'm in my fucking yard. You know what I mean? What what do you want? You should have a mask on. It's like, you're being weird. Like, you know what I mean? You don't know. You just saw something on TV and you're going crazy. You're going to wear a mask in the yard with your girlfriend or with your wife. That's retarded. You know what I mean? But they, I don't know what channels they're watching that makes them behave that way. You know, people, I get it. We're doing social distancing. So if I'm jogging and you're coming up the street, I'm going to move out, out of your way to the side. But if I wave, you just still way back. I'm still a person. I'm still a human yeah. being. You know what I mean? But somehow that's gone. Like we're not seeing each other as people. So I don't think it'll be every everybody sees each other as a threat. I don't think we're gonna be back in spaces for a while. Yeah. So I think social media and distributing content is going to be the way to go for the future. So, you know, my biggest thing last time we talked, I had this book that I wrote Mm -hmm. that I wanted to make sure I got out. I was working with some literary agents over at Penguin Publishing and Random House and, you know, shopping for a deal on this book. And now all of that has fallen apart. So I've made more of an attempt. Well, let's put this out independently. Let's produce this book independently. And, you know, I want to show, you know, my followers and anybody else along this journey how it can be done. You know, mm-hmm. that we have a chance to establish ourselves and that the, the playing ground is, is level. So with my album, my album was self-produced. Right now I'm yeah. running a campaign to tell everybody, send me a dollar. Send me a dollar. Yeah. Watch how just asking for a dollar, what I'm able to raise to hit my goal. And if they can't send me a dollar, if everything is literally that tight, you're already on Pandora. You're already on Spotify. Do me a favor. Go type my name in and just go stream my album out two, three times. Yeah. And I'll show you just by me establishing myself, I'm going to be able to create money out of nowhere and use that money to create something else that generates money out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I've been reading a lot of books during this pandemic. Some of these books are from 1920. <laughs> and... You know, when I go make that book purchase, that man's family and his estate, they still get something. And that's what we need to focus on establishing right now. So, you know, the book that I'm coming out with, Influencer, um, you know, this book is I think it's the book that we need right now. It's the propaganda. It's about the propaganda on social media where, you know, celebrities are getting people to do things like dance and stuff. And, you know, kind of not really pay attention to what they're supposed to be focused on. And a lot of people don't realize there are a lot of influencers who are TikTok famous, YouTube yeah. famous, mm-hmm. or, or um, 
Instagram famous that are being paid yes. a salary mm-hmm. to pump out material and to keep you occupied and glued to the screen so that they can get all your analytics and, you know, yep. push a bunch of ads down your throat. And before you know it, you're trying to buy things that you can't really afford. You know what I mean? And you don't even know why you're doing it. And it's just the propaganda. It's, so, you know, I, I, I pay attention to that and I caught on to what that was and I navigated that. I, I thought I think this might be the next great American novel. We just need to get it out to an audience, you know, um, my Patreon has an advanced copy of it now, which uh, I remember you were asking me yeah. about what, what made me choose Patreon. And you were on it for a little while, right? Yeah, I mean, it's there. But like for me, it's just like. Is there because, you know, is it just another way to support the show? If you got a dollar, you got a dollar. Because, I mean, I only got two tiers. I was like, if you want extra content and all this other bonus shit, you're going to have to pay me for my time. Because as I said previous, I work 12 hours a day. Then I come home. I do stuff like I'm doing with you. We've been chatting it up for about an hour or whatever. Daggone. Yeah. I, got a, I got a family here. I got a daggone. Do, you know, if you want me to do extra shit on top of all that shit, you're going to have to pay me. God damn it. But right, right, at, right. The, at the same time, I love doing this shit. So, I mean, I'm still do it. But I mean, if you want to contribute, you know, help out. I mean, it, it's just there. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not hard up on it like everybody else or whatever. I mean, you do, you do, you don't, you don't. Right. Well, you're working 12 hours a day, so you can't be hard up. You, you got money coming in. Steady income and essential worker is what they call you, right? Yeah, I'm so essential. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be essential. There you go. I ain't, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. You know, I'm still getting paid and whatnot during these hard times and whatnot. And see, my wife, the lucky one, she get to work from home and shit and get paid. I don't, I'm not that lucky. Yeah. I think everybody's looking at every the, the grass is always greener. You know what I mean? It's amazing how much you miss uh, a drive to work or, you know, whatever. Just, you know, there's a there's a bunch of things like what do you think you miss the most right now being on? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm always trying to turn into host and interview you. But oh, yeah. what do you what do you think you miss the most being on being on this quarantine? I mean, nothing has really changed for me. Monday through Friday, I'm still going to work. And, you know, to, for my family's sake, I'm the only one that goes out to do shit. So, like, if I had to, you know, just go pick up a couple small things, I'm the one that's out in the wild and everything. But what's been cool for me doing this is, you know, I like people watching. You know, I do security. So, I mean, I'm people watching all the time. And what's crazy about this thing, you know, they talk about the virus itself, how it's to be transmitted and all this stuff. And it sticks to surfaces and all kind of stuff. I still got dirty motherfuckers that would come to my building. The doors are locked because we only letting a select few in because of what's going on, yada, yada, yada. They would still come put their face and press up against the glass and shit. And, mm-hmm. and that shit, you know, I'm like, why? Why would you do that? And then like 10 minutes later, another motherfucker come press his face up against the glass because the door won't fucking open. And I'm like, dude, what are y'all doing out here right now? You know, and then it, I feel triply mad because a goddamn cleaning lady go out there for like 30 minutes at a time on each pane of glass cleaning this shit and trying to make it to where birds are flying to this bitch, which they do. And yeah, yeah, yeah. then they come turn around, put their hands and face all on the goddamn glass. And I'm out here f- f- for real, for real yelling at these motherfuckers. Like, get your goddamn hands off the glass. <laughs> <laughs> shit pissed me off to no end. They come up there, they push the door. And I mean, it's not, and we have signage all over this motherfucker. And I think, I don't know if I told you or whoever else, but 
Here you go. This is the front layout of the building. You want to get inside? There's eight doors on the front of the building. Eight doors. Mm-hmm. Only mm-hmm. two of them got handles. And one of them is locked. <laughs> so there's only one yeah. way inside the building. So mm-hmm. instead of going to the door with two handles on it, you know, you got a 50% chance of getting in. One is open, one is locked. They go to every other fucking door without the goddamn handles on it. Every yeah. goddamn, they pushing, they trying, they think it's Walmart, they waving their foot at the bottom thinking they got a sensor that's going to pop that bitch open. <laughs> they think it's like a goddamn medicine cabinet, they pushing on it, think it's going to pop open and shit. And I'm just like, I'm sitting behind this glass because it's tinted. They can't see inside. I can see out. And I'm just like, you dumb motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, it's, it's amazing how many people d- d- you could put a giant sign in front of them and they walk right by it. You can have a huge sign that says we're closed and people still got to walk up, put their hand on and say, you guys closed? And it's like, yeah, I don't I don't know what we even got the sign for. We could just stand here and tell everybody one by one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, it's kind of that's what it turns into a lot of the times. It's just like they'll sit there, they'll read the, the They'll push the door because they, they ignored the sign the first time. Doom, shit's locked. Okay. They'll look around like, you know, the key on the ground or some shit. Then they press the door again. Shit's still locked. Okay. Then they'll see the sign. Okay. They'll read it. And as they're reading it, some of them, they're pushing on the door to see if this bitch will come open. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not reading it. They're looking at it, but they're not taking it in. And that's that's what most Americans do. Most Americans, predominantly adults, um, was ironic kids are reading a bit more, but adults are in such a go mode mm. uh, that they're not paying any attention. And it's funny to watch a parent do something like that and a kid kind of look up at them and go, hey, mommy, the, the sign says and they go, oh, oh OK, you know, and they just move on. But parents, they're, they're gone mentally, dude. Mm-hmm. Mentally, it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, it was interesting about this particular situ- situation where you pointed out a couple of things, but it's different in this scenario because a lot of these people aren't Americans. Mm. So, you know, you know, they here illegally and, you know, they bring their kids with them and their kids are purely there to be the translators and explainers and shit and whatnot. So yeah. those points that you did bring up, they'll come up to the sign and the kids will automatically start reading it and the parent is sitting there pushing on the door like, hey, let me in. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids sitting there trying to explain to the parent you know, in their language or whatever that, hey, they closed, you know? <laughs> and it's fucking funny. It's funny. Though. Yeah. Get them acclimated, whatever. And then I can speak Spanish for my position. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know I mean you drop me off in a little Mexico or whatever I ain't gonna make it but if you put, got me on my post where my job is I mean I can speak Spanish to survive there so that's a funny statement Spanish for my position so I go up to them and I speak their language to them I, granted it's not the best but it's their language as best as I can give them and the, the first thing that fly out of their mouth in perfect English is I don't speak English what the yeah, fuck yeah <laughs> I said, I, I, I said I'm not speaking I think that that's a class that they take you know before they leave Mexico you know mm-hmm. what I mean it's like repeat after me I do not speak English yeah. <laughs> I do not speak English yeah and then a lot of them um, 
they come up there with their documents and on the envelope that a lot of the paperwork is, it says, I do not speak English. <laughs> 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 you know, and it's, it's freaking crazy. I mean, for me, you know, it's funny. I just had to coach a friend through a situation like that who got hit. She was pulling out of a parking spot and she somebody came to turn the corner and they hit her. They sideswiped her. And I kept she was like, yeah, the police are coming. I'm not 100 percent sure who's at fault. And I was like, you just say this. Repeat after me. I got hit. I don't know what happened. I got hit and I had to explain to her, this will work in your favor. The minute you start saying I was pulling out or he was coming around the corner and I saw him, you're going to mess it up. Just stick to this and you can't get in any trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, shit, some shit happened to me like that. Yeah, and then uh, what, what? No, no, no. That's not what happened. It's you know some other bullshit. But I got a truck, brand new truck, 2019 truck. You know, back in May, and uh, uh-huh. hadn't even f- depleted my first tank of gas. Hadn't even had uh-huh. it a whole week yet. And it's the same job, same place we talking about. Is <laughs> out in the parking lot, and what? You know, we have parking lots by the front doors and they got trees and shit there. And since it's so close to the building, when people are outside, if we got a lot of people, they line up outside. So since your shit is under the trees and close to the building, motherfuckers like to lean on your shit. So wow. I find that highly offensive and I don't care what country you're from. I'm I'm pissed. So to remedy that, I took my truck from under there and they got the whole, I call it the concrete desert. It's just parking lot out there no trees just straight sun parking lot concrete nothing is out there you know uh-huh so i'll go park out there in the middle only truck out well i lied there's three trucks out there i'm the one in the very middle there's one on the end and there's one two spaces away from me i go to the gate to let a agent in and i was like yeah you can park anywhere over there nothing is there but three trucks spaced out you know to where a, a mid-sized vehicle can park long ways in between each of these three vehicles and then i'm not on the front row aligned with these bitches i'm in the back so it's like a row a truck me on the back row a truck and then another truck on the front row so i he i moved the gate he drive in and i got my back to everything i put the gate back boom the fuck i'm looking around i'm thinking it's on the street I turn around, this motherfucker back into my truck. <laughs> oh my God. How? How? It's in per perspective. If you ever been to a Walmart, you know how vast and large that parking lot is. Mm-hmm. Just imagine that large ass parking lot with only three vehicles in it. And he hit your shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he found yours. He found like, my shit. Just back moved into them of I should be able to revoke your driving privileges. For at least a year. At least a year. <laughs> but I mean, in hindsight, you know, just reviewing the situation and everything, he was going through some personal shit. <laughs> because daggone, he was on the phone with somebody and he was daggone, you know, this shit happened. And I guess the weight of whatever he was having that conversation with on the phone, this motherfucker started crying and shit. And I was like, okay. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> There's right. nothing more uncomfortable than watching a man go through something and break down and cry in front of you, right? Especially a stranger. Hell yeah, I was like, okay, but I mean, I mean, I understand you're going through some shit, but I got my insurance on the phone. You need to talk to him, tell him <laughs> this is your fault. 
I'm gonna need for you to pull it together for the next 15 to 20 minutes and just uh, get your information. Yeah, just just tell them you did it because you did it, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not in the vehicle. It was parked. I mean, I am not at fault at all on this one. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, man, I was so pissed now. I just got that bitch. New car smell still in that motherfucker. I mean. Jesus Christ. Still had paper tags. Mm-mm-mm. People are crazy. Yeah, man. Anyway, we talk about being influencers and whatnot. You know, let's just say you get to that level. You know, Will Smith just came out of nowhere and started doing this shit, and he's fucking killing that shit. I enjoy all his content and whatnot. But let's just say, you know, you get to that level, which you will, but, like, it comes sooner than you anticipate. I mean, you just there, and you be like, hey, man, try this flat tummy tea or whatever the fuck, (laughs) and bitches start buying flat tummy tea and all this crap. What would be the one thing that you would try to push on people? I mean, I ain't talking about it in a negative way, but like it, if you can just pick one thing, you know, which all your influence of power, what would be the one thing that you would try to, you know, influence people to, you know, get into? My answer is probably going to be a little jaded this week because I've been listening to nothing but Nipsey Hustle oh. for the past four <laughs> weeks. So it would be that kind of message of like, guys, let's let's get it together. Let's get it to get like the people who are willing and able. Let's hustle. Let's let's get on our get on our physical grind. Let's let's you know start eating better and let's start figuring out a way to you know save money for actual good investments. Like to start buying assets instead of liabilities. That would be the thing that I and mm. that I would really you know push. Like yo, save twenty percent of your money and be ready to buy things. Like, I was so proud of myself to be able to be buying stocks mm. at this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? To be able to be buying shares in companies and following like, no, this is what every financial book has ever told me. A pandemic is a gold mine yes. for financial, financially savvy people, you know, because you're buying ownership in the companies for cheap. And I, I just saw a video today of someone asking an Uber driver, what you going to do when your stimulus check? Oh, a stimulus check? Shoot, 1200 I'm going to give me some Burberry. I'm going to give me some Gavinci. Shoot, That's they the whole stupid check. for giving me this money. And I'm like, I, I don't know whether it's a joke or what, but it's just like, I hate that. That video will go viral. way more viral than anything that I will ever spread telling people to save their money or buy stock with their money. Yeah. And it was like, um, with the message that you will want to put out there like that, which I, I totally agree with, you know, we seen somebody try to do something similar to that and he got boo-booed on. I mean, he didn't give a fuck, but I mean, he put his word out there and that's Jay-Z when he came out with that album, preaching pretty mm-hmm. much some of the same practices that you was talking about, buy paint, yeah. buy art and all this other bullshit and people boo-booed on him for that. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm, I'm still amazed at that concept that someone can take a painting, sell it, buy a painting from a friend of theirs. So let's say you're a friend of mine and you paint. Mm-hmm. And I go, Rob, go ahead, paint me something. And you take a red strip and just go across the white canvas one time. And I go, thank you, Rob. Matter of fact, I support your art career. I'm going to give you $200 for this painting, which you're going to love. Oh, wow. No one's paid me for my art. Thank you so much. And I'm going to take this art 
and now go to a friend of mine who's an art appraiser, and he's going to put his stamp on it that this is worth $20 million. And no one can argue with that. No one can argue with that. An official art appraiser said that this white piece of paper with a red stripe through it, $20 million. And if I donate that to a museum, I have now a $20 million tax credit that I don't have to pay taxes on. You know what I mean? It's just like, so when you start learning how to play the game like that and understanding that this is how these other people are getting over, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a weird thing to start complaining about, well, you know, this man's got his foot on my neck and it's like, nah, the information's there, bro. Like, and this past three weeks, I've read three books. Uh, I know the next two that I got lined up. I have not looked at a TV since week one. Yeah. Uh, I just knew, I think I watched like a few episodes of Tiger King and I was like, nope, nope, they're not going to get me. They're not going to get me to waste this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> looking at nothing. Yeah. And no disrespect to the people that are watching it, but there's a reason why something like that comes out the minute that we're all sitting around and that has everybody's attention. Yeah. That's all anybody's been talking about. You know what I mean? We went from a an impeachment into a pandemic. And and it's like I don't think America's even had a chance to even Breathe and even focus yeah. on itself in the past four years. It's just been a goddamn circus between mm. television and social media. I, I don't think people get a chance to think for themselves at all. Yeah, yeah. 2020 has been rough. Everybody was talking about how shitty 2019 was. Well, I'm like, man, can we have that back? Can I have my 2019 <laughs> problems back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. World War Three, pandas, crazy. Whatever. I don't know. I'm shit. And then the ki- our kids are out of school indefinitely here in Texas. And it's just like this school year is canceled. I was like, which makes sense anyway. It's already damn near into April, and they was gonna get out in May anyway. So fuck it, you know. It, but it's gonna be an interesting time here, at least in Houston, because businesses is gonna start opening up on Monday, but they still got the the social distancing practices in place. So I mean, they said retail businesses can open only if they have a like a curbside or you know some kind of pickup service no people are actually allowed inside so i mean you can order some shit online you can go to the store they'll drop it out there you pick it up and you go on about your business but people won't be able to congregate in small spaces um i think they said sometime the following week they'll see where we are and they'll entertain um, opening theaters again movie theaters and so, I mean, it's going to be weird here the next two weeks because <laughs> it's just, I don't know, man, because I'm still iffy about the shit. I mean, I'm I'm fine with everything the way it is. I, I don't like going really too many places anyway. All my shit is in my house. So I want to be in my house, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. How do you think uh, how, now? Have they done this in Houston here? In Philly, as well as in New York and any suburban town surrounding it, they've installed the plexiglass yes. storefront. So basically the same thing the Chinese people have had in their stores for years, that yes. bulletproof. Yes. That's everywhere now. Mm-hmm. A- any CBS you go into, any Rite Aid, Walgreens, Dwayne Reed, right? Yep. And, you know, in the hood, we're used to that because mm-hmm. it's been what it's going to be. I, I kind of enjoy seeing 
white people kind of in the confusion. Well, well, where do I put the money? This is this is ridiculous. This is not, and it brings me back to 2001 when TSA came around. Yeah. And white people did not like being frisked mm-hmm. or going through a metal detector. And it's like, yeah, we went through metal detectors to go to school and we get frisked like this to go into a nightclub. I'm yeah. all good. Go ahead. You can touch whatever you need to feel. Mm-hmm. But like it took white people a long time to adjust. Yeah. But that was 19 years ago and that has not gone away. Yeah. So exactly. I don't think these plexiglass storefronts, I think that is the new norm. Yeah. And I, I'm all for that, you know, because sometimes, I mean, previous to this when I was in Walmart, they had some people that didn't have some pleasant breath in my local store. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, they're doing me a service, you know. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- this, it, we kind of needed this. And, you know, it was a wake up call, you know. And it's this just doesn't apply to Corona. It applies to a lot of diseases. Because I mean, if you're not keeping up with your cleanliness and all this other stuff, I mean, you bound to get some dirty shit. Because man, yeah, I have. I believe within this time that we've been doing this, I've washed my hands more now than I have in my whole entire fucking life. I go to the bathroom, I wash my hands, I touch my dick, then I wash my hands again after. You know, so <laughs> it's just. And then I sanitize. You know, and if I san- if I have to sanitize my hands more than two times at work, I go to the bathroom again and I wash them bitches with actual soap and water. So it's just like okay, yeah, like ah. <laughs> but we needed this because yeah. some people wasn't doing that shit at all. Because I seen plenty of motherfuckers walk straight into a stall, don't even prep the seat, just sit their nasty naked ass against a bare foreign toilet seat in a public restroom and just damn. Yeah. Go to town, then come out. Don't even and wash that, your hands. That's sixty-five percent that you know, <laughs> kind of got to get rid of, man. Like we're never going to move to the next level mm-hmm. if we still have people that have more primitive tactics along with them. You know what I mean? You're never going to get rid of. Like you realize the guy who rare raw butts a public toilet seat. That's the same kid that tells his nephew dirty jokes. You know what I mean? So like. <laughs> When you send your kids to school and they're nice and innocent, and then there's somebody that's doing the hair, stick your fingers in here. Oh, let yeah. me show you something, right? <laughs> he, he's learning that from the guy that's raw cheek in the bathroom seat. You know? <laughs> he's taking the youth, and he doesn't even realize it. You know? Oh man, Just, like on the whole, on that same topic, I listened to a podcast with the the New Day, his group of wrestlers or whatever, and they had the conversation, same thing like we're doing now about the um, raw dog in the freaking toilet seat. And uh, dude was like, his analogy was, dude, would you pull your pants down and I find some way to pull my pants down and I do a handstand and you put your ass cheeks on my ass cheeks. Would you do that? (laughs) He's like, hell no, I wouldn't do that. So why would you put your ass on a bare toilet seat? That's essentially what you're doing. You're putting your ass on somebody else's ass. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's funny how some people, their minds don't work that way. Like, I never forget, there was a, I never really watched Friends, but there was a clip that played, and it was about how one guy was going into the shower, and he was just using one of the other guy's washcloths. Yeah, that's And he goes, you use my washcloth? Why do you do that? And he goes, you know, what difference does it make? And he goes, okay, think about the last thing I washed, and then the first first thing thing you you washed. washed. And you could see the look on his face of realization. It never crossed his mind that he like where this rag goes. He's just been using it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And just like another when people just use the bar of soap and not a rag. You know, it's, 
You can just rub a, a raw bar of soap all over your body and everything, man. It's just, I don't know. That's weird. The commercial, I, I had, a, we had a conversation on this on my show, Temple University, and we had a good mix of people. And my host, my, my, my guest was uh, Pat Dixon. Uh, this episode is actually available on my Patreon if anybody's interested. You know, it's only $5. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. he is, uh, and I asked him, I said, do you use a washcloth? And he goes, uh, yeah, I do. Like a, like a man. And I go, yeah, like a white man. And he goes, what do you mean? And I was explaining to him, I said, yeah, white guys don't use washcloths. And he goes, you guys all use washcloths? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he laughed. He goes, well, they weren't using washcloths in the commercial. And he yeah. was right. If you think true, back to like true. those Zest commercials yeah. and, and Dove commercials in the 80s, there was no washcloth in nope. the commercials. I learned how to use a washcloth from my family. But yeah. if he's learning just by watching TV, they were rubbing a raw bar of soap on their body. <laughs> yeah. And then like, you know, we use a washcloth. But do you use two washcloths? I use a different washcloth on my face than I do on my body. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't always use that practice. And I was just like, and I came to that realization, just like how you said about that friend sketch. I was like, wait a minute, I, didn't I clean my balls with this time? <laughs> you know, and I learned that young. And I was like, ah, oh, come on, man. I can't be doing this to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, man. Pe- people are weird. This whole humanity thing, this is, this is some ridiculous shit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten I've gotten solace reading. Uh, so the books that I read during this pandemic, I read Guns, Germs, and Steel by uh, Jared Diamond. Uh, this movie, it, this this book, really started from the beginning of man and just focusing on man's ability to domesticate, spread. Some who settled, some became nomadic hunter gatherers. And just it follows from about 40,000 B.C. up until maybe about 1940, mm. you know, and, and just showing the different ways different tribes were able to conquer one another, who was able to start farming and growing food, what diseases took out what people. And you realize, oh, it's this is all a cycle yeah, and you yeah. can kind of relax, you know, like uh, the weirdest thing is pandemics like this have always Always, started due to man's weird affection for animals once we (laughs) began domesticating animals and kind of hanging out with them a bit too close even when dogs just kind of became man's best friend or you know you got some of those other countries where it might be a camel or sheep but there's weird interactions that are going on where viruses that would usually live in an animal Mm. now reside in a human because somebody got a little too close to an animal yeah. in some way shape or form you know what i mean and um yeah that's that's probably never gonna go away yeah how do because we, get, we how, have yeah, yeah how do we get aids somebody fucked a monkey that's what i heard when i was young <laughs> i lie to you not again a part of my special is my that's one of my opening jokes because i'm like bro we all heard that mm-hmm. and we heard that pre-internet pre-cell phone word of mouth that shit spread like wildfire and we all kind of took it for like factual information Mm. that i think what what the the reality is that aids was a disease that did live and only affect monkeys Mm -hmm. but somehow and man being close with monkey yeah the disease 
moved his way over. So whether somebody fucks one or not, I don't know. Yeah. But um, that's how I heard. I don't about know, it. man. Yeah, that's how, that's how I heard about it. Monkeys and gay sex. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the AIDS came but that, about. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It make doesn't sense know. to me that a gay dude would have to settle for a monkey to get laid. I'm just saying, like gay dudes are hot, and they get other hot men. Like, yeah. yeah. See, and and, I, and I, I like your statement there. Or whatever you, you're a man confident in your masculinity. And you're not afraid to give another man a compliment. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to fuck a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and even like with the the Corona shit or whatever, they was talking about that went around because motherfuckers was eating bats and shit, you know. So eating bats, yeah. That's I, what I, I say. I said I, it's hard for me to be convinced that someone, after putting in twelve hours at the Apple store making iPhones, will then just go home and just chomp down on a fucking bat. Like I can't believe that that kind of intellect and savage exists in the same human being. Yeah cultural thing man I don't know I've seen people eating grasshoppers and maggots and all this other bullshit because I don't know maybe we was hungry and this is all we had I was like this bitch is moving I eat a chicken and that move around so why can't I eat this too (laughs) yeah yeah and that's how we would get diseases like salmonella from undercooked chicken or raw eggs and all that kind of shit like that so yeah Somewhere along the line, we doing some weird shit with animals. We ain't got no business doing. Hell yeah. And a lot of that stuff is found on the internet that, you know, I did not want to see. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Boy, I done seen some stuff with a mini horse that I, it scarred me for life. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm going to scar some motherfuckers now. So I was on Twitter and I seen a dude, he was naked from the waist down and he had this little pony horse or whatever. It came up to about his waist. So it was like supreme fucking height he didn't have to bend his knees or nothing so i was like oh dog he about to fuck this horse so yeah he walked around the horse he steadied his head then he laid on his back on a log and let the horse fuck him i was like what (laughs) (laughs) i was like man this is some bullshit (laughs) this is some bullshit and i sat there and i watched the little clip on twitter Twitter is a, a toxic place too. It'll pollute your mind. <laughs> yeah, Twitter. You can go. You can show whatever you want on Twitter now, huh? Yeah, I, I remember there was supposed to at the beginning of the year. Sometime they was talking about changing that shit up, kind of like how Tumblr was. You can find anything and everything on goddamn Tumblr. People cutting their balls out their nutsack and shit, and then oh, <laughs> they got bought by uh, Yahoo and they cut all that shit out. <laughs> I, I, that's how I know I'm getting older. I can't watch that stuff anymore. I used to be able to watch beheading videos mm. and faces of death and yep. uh, well, do you know, banned from TV, all yep. that kind of shit. When I was, I used to love shows like Maximum Exposure. Now, I'll, I'll try to watch a video and I find myself turning away and I mm. just turn it off. You know what I mean? I, I don't have it in me anymore. Yeah, is that because when you're younger, you know that. You don't have as much fear as you do as a, um, a freaking adult does, because as a kid, you don't have no concept of fear totally. Because like, I can remember yeah. jumping off the roof of my house and didn't think about, you know, I could break my leg or hurt myself seriously. I was like, I want to jump off the roof of my house today. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then, then once you become cognizant of those things or whatever, that's when the the fear really starts to set in. Like, oh man, because if I break my leg right now. I, you know, my wife gonna have to take off work and goddamn, you know, I can't do shit for the kids because I'm laid up here with this broke ass leg and everything, and then I have to get unemployment. And all that. See, that's the fear that sets in for an adult. 
<laughs> a little kid, they ain't got no bills Seeing and responsibilities. somebody respo- else like you ruined, yeah. yeah. Kids ain't got no bills and responsibilities and shit. It's like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to go head first out, out this window real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But man, it has been a pleasure, as it has been always, to, to get to know you and have you back on the show and everything, man. We're going to put a pin in it here, but before we go, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Uh, I'm Dave Temple across all social media platforms. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. It's the letter I, the letter M, Dave Temple. And if you can't figure out how to spell Dave Temple, my material is probably going to go over your head anyway so <laughs> yeah you need you need to be in that 65 percent he was talking about <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh but yeah man we have fun tuesdays and thursdays 11 p.m eastern standard time we do unpopular opinions uh if you want to be a part of the conversation dm me your uh, unpopular opinion and your ig handle that way i look for your request in the live we'll have you on chat with me um you know every monday look at it this way I'm a Patreon, patreon.com. I'm I'm Dave Temple there also. And, um, you know, I have a video that I'm circulating right now where I'm fundraising for my book. I'm a little over 50% to my goal. Uh, But yeah, man, I'm looking for people to donate a dollar. So watch me uh, put this book out independently. Um, If you want to read the book right now, an advanced copy, I do have it as a top tier on my Patreon. It's there as a PDF where you can read it now and determine whether you're really on board with this thing or not. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have any money and you're like, I don't know what's going on, you can just stream my album. It's called Dave Temple, The First One. Just Google it. Google Dave Temple, The First One and pick anywhere to play it. I will get royalties. I will get residuals because I own all of that, people. And that's yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to show y'all we now have the ability, thanks to the internet and all of the tools, to create and establish ourselves the same way big businesses have done. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. No, nope. not going to happen more than likely even in your lifetime. But if you want to give your grandchildren an opportunity to be rich and party and drink and do cocaine in nightclubs all <laughs> over the hottest cities in the world. <laughs> I, this the, is the work you gotta put in god damn it I wanna be rich enough so my grandkids will be fuck ups <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that, see that, that's a through line somewhere I'm gonna have to put that on a shirt or something I'm gonna be yeah, yeah. rich enough so my grandkids will be fuck ups <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah, but once again man you've been a guest of the show which you've which you know because this is what I say the first time guessing when that the door is always open for you to come back but you already took advantage of that you done came in you done found a bowl in the cabinet made you some cereal and shit so <laughs> the door is still open for you to come back again and promote hopefully your book when it's out yeah yep. no so. doubt man alright so alright thanks for having me man take care and that was the wisdom of one Dave Temple. And uh, you know he gave me <laughs> one of the, the greatest I don't know quotes or lines you know ever I believe in this show's history. I want to be rich enough for my grandkids to be fuck ups. <laughs> oh man just hearing this back when you when I was doing the ed and everything man oh man got a great chuckle out of that. I'm serious I'm going to try I'm trying to I'm gonna put that down on a shirt somewhere. I'm a, that, that. 
That's fucking hilarious. But anyway, um, still, I uh, hope you are all surviving and uh, getting on in life well and everything. Um, update on my office slash studio. You know, a lot of people have been asking me about it. I've been posting pictures on uh, Instagram of the progress and everything. And, you know, I was damn near done. I got the outside of the room painted. Uh, the door is ready to be put in. Um, the walls I have been, uh, you know, dressed and everything on the inside. All the outlets are in place. Um, I did two floor coats and everything. I was going to do a third and start painting the inside, but I had a snafu. I had a setback. So, the night, the day that um, I painted the outside, I, uh, it was the second time we painted the outside. We I did two coats of paint. You know, the kids helped me on the second go around and everything. We got that painted up, and then I did the second go around on the floor. But before I did the painting on the floor, I put my baseboards in. Then I, you know, I drywalled all that stuff up. You know, uh, I, I don't know what to call it. Spackling or mudding or what, uh, joining and whatever the fuck you call it. I did all that shit on the baseboards because I knew I was going to do at least two coats of floor paint. And I didn't want to put the baseboards on there so I couldn't get up under certain spots and all that stuff. So, you know, but I was like, fuck it. The floor looks good. And, you know, if, when I put these bottom parts of this drywall on here, then I put the baseboards over it. I know I said baseboards before, but once I put the, you know, the trimming on the bottom, you ain't going to see that part that I painted anyway. So I was like, fuck it. I just put these bottom pieces of this drywall on. I'll tape it up. So when I get my, you know, actual the trim, I'll cover up that shit and nobody be none the wise. You won't be able to see the shit, you know, so put my shit in there taped it up like I just said and went ahead did my second coat of floor paint so I have electricity in this room now I turned my little lamp on in there which I've done many a times before because the electric has been ran for a while I had a fan in there plugged up on you know just in the doorway so I can dry the floor off help it dry quicker then I go to bed wake up the next morning the light in the room is out you know, and like I said, many a times before, I've left the fan and the light on in there before. And, you know, my wife would complain. But, you know, I went in there to check, see how everything came with the floor and whatnot. Light was out. So I knew the floor was kind of damp and I finished later on in the night. So I, I wasn't too sure that it was going to be dry, dry by the morning when I got up. So I automatically start flipping out, start bitching. I was like, who turned the light off in here? You know? And my son was like, I did. And I was like, motherfucker, the floor was still wet. <laughs> you know, I didn't say motherfucker, but I have been prone to say motherfucker. So, but just in this instance of this story, I did not say motherfucker that time. <laughs> but um, then he was like reiterating that there's a light in the garage proper. Then there's a light in my room. He turned off the light that was in the garage proper. So he didn't go in the room and touch that light. So I was like, oh, okay, no problem. So I go in there, pull the chain. Light not coming on. Um, I was like, oh, maybe the breaker tripped or something like that. I have a GFI in there. You know, that's the little plug with the reset button and the test button on there. So I go to the GFI, start pressing buttons. Shit ain't working. So go outside to the breaker box, 
brake is off. All right, no problem. So I push it forward. It immediately clicked back to the middle. I was like, what? So I push it all the way down to turn it off, then all the way forward. And before I can push it fully forward to re-engage it, it clicked back off to the middle. I was like, what the fuck is happening? So I'm thinking automatically I didn't fried my breaker or something, you know, because I am a novice. You know, there was no professional help to build this room and run this electricity. This is all me, you know, except for in initial phases when we put the walls up, my father and my brother helped me. So other than that, I've done everything else, put insulation, hung drywall, goddamn put in, you know, the, the freaking other baseboards. And, you know, I did all the shit, you know, <laughs> put up outlets, you know, all that. I've done this. You know, through whatever common sense knowledge I had, whatever I researched on YouTube and the Internet and from what my father was able to assist me with over the phone and other people that I've you know reached out to. I've done all this on my own. So I'm like panicking because, I, man, I done fried something. I done wired something wrong and everything, you know. So I go back in the room and I unhook all my outlets and I undo all of them, take all the outlets out the wall. I, you know, wires aren't touching or anything. And the initial outlet that I, that comes from the breaker, you know, I undone that. It's not hooked to anything that I wired into this room. So I go back out to the breaker, try to reset it. And it's still tripping. I was like, damn, what the fuck? So go to home Depot, buy a brand new breaker. First of all, I bought the wrong breaker. <laughs> There's the novice in me again, not thinking that, you know, thinking that all 15 amp breakers are the same. So I just go grab me a 15 amp, didn't even look at the manufacturer or the style or whatever, and just grab one, brought it home, tried to put it in, and it wouldn't fit. So then I was like, Psh, duh, duh, Rob. You know, I look at the old breaker, I get the numbers off of it, then I go back and I get the correct breaker. So then I go back in the box, I pull out the old one, put the new one in there and still doing the same thing. The breaker is still tripping. I was like, fuck. So then I enlist the aid of a handyman, somebody that knows more than me that does this is on a regular basis. So you come to the house and give it a check out and everything. You know, he checked the wiring that I done. He was like, nothing is wrong with what you done. You did the right thing by unhooking everything and, um, you know, to kind of assess the problem. So he go in there with his tools and he checked the um, line that's coming from the breaker into my room. He's like, hmm. And I was like, hmm. So he go out there to the breaker and he you seeing that the breaker's tripping like I was telling you. And he pulled the, you know, the main, the, the hot wire out of the breaker breaker still work the breaker works fine without the wire in there then he tests the wire by itself he's like hmm then he was like well i'm not getting anything that's indicating that something has been you know because what i thought when i screwed those uh the bottom portions of my drywall in that i might have snapped a wire with a freaking screw but he was like you know based on what i tested you know i'm not getting anything that would indicate that the line is broken anywhere And I was like, well, what the fuck? So he's like somewhere in between your breaker box and to where the line drops into your room. Something is up, (laughs) you know, and 
since this room where the you know the wire drops in to my room to feed my electricity to my room is in the garage. The out the breaker box is on the opposite side of the house on the outside. So that wire travels from that breaker box through the house up and through a wall that the front of the house down into the garage. So there's a wall there. You know, I can't go in that attic and trace this line because it's going down this wall and I can't go down this wall because that was essentially the front of the house and the garage bolts to the front of the house. So there's, you know, nothing in between other than to rip open the goddamn wall and try to find the lines. Now, I'm not about to do that. I just spent all this time putting all this shit together. I ain't about to rip it all down just to look at one wire, you know? So he's like, you know, what? I don't know what else to tell you. And I was like, could it be? And if you remember back to previous episodes, I told you all about this, how my house almost burnt down. So the place where the fire and the water damage happened was right next to the room that I'm building. So it's a possibility that line traveled through all that area where the reconstruction and the fire and all the water damage and all the other crap was, you know, so that line probably traveled through there and somewhere in between is jacked up now. So the other solution is to fix this is to run another line in this room. Now, in order to do this, and I told you the configuration of my house is very difficult to do this because it has to come from the outside of the house, pass through the house, through a wall, into a garage with no overhang access. And it's going to be a whole bunch of drywall pulling in. I'm not about to fuck up my house just to run one line. So originally what my plan was prior to me even doing all this, because I thought this was the easier way, which it was, was to run a sub panel to the garage so my section of the garage or just the garage in general will have its own breaker box it's the own panel because I am putting a, a AC in my office you know the mini split joints or whatever with the condenser outside yeah I'm putting one in my office so I would need a sub panel anyway because it doesn't run off a wall plug electricity it runs off some a breaker so I I was going to have to do that shit eventually anyway, but now this just presented itself and now it's an easier solution. (laughs) So now the snafu with the thing is the garage, my room is on the opposite side of the house and the breaker box is outside. So now I have to put conduit all the way around the fucking house to the fucking garage and wire all this shit and it's shenanigans so this is the only thing that's holding me up right now you know running the electric all the way around the goddamn house laying pipe laying wire and (sighs) shenanigans right (laughs) as of right now you know as I record this as I say these words to you I gave you that whole story I would have been in the phase to where I would be building my desk right now and putting, you know, some of the furniture in there, just awaiting the air conditioner to be put in. That's where I would be right now. 
the walls would be painted and everything. I would just have to furnish and put the AC in and I would essentially be be done or partially done right now as I speak to you. And I'm kind of upset, but in essence, it will be even better once I get this whole rigmarole done and everything. So that's the update on the studio freaking office man cave thing. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, my head sweating thinking about it because I'm I'm upset, but I'm not upset. You know, it's better that it happened now than later on. You know, after I done furnished it and moved all my crap in there, then I had to take it all out and all that, trying to figure all this shit out. And it would have been painted all the way proper and I would have had things mounted to the wall. So it would have been a whole other list of shenanigans if this would have happened later on down the road. So I'm, I'm kind of grateful for that, you know. But anyway, that was Dave Temple, y'all. <laughs> Two time guest. Um, check him out on social media. All his information is in the show description. Also, with this audio edition, you have a video version on the YouTube page, which the link is also in the show description. I, I had to emphasize to you. We, we go through all this time to edit these episodes and put this shit together. And I put stuff in the show description. So you have that information. If you know, if they if you listen to a podcast, a lot of times you don't feel like rewinding just to hear people repeat themselves and stuff. You know, Dave might have said his freaking internet handle too fast for you and whatnot. But you don't have to worry about that because it's in the show description and you can find that. Also if you want to see what Dave looked like and me drinking beer and shit. Well it's not beer, it's hard cider because I don't drink malt liquor and uh, <laughs> um you once again you can see the video on youtube it's been out for a while it's been out way before this episode as you heard him wish me a happy birthday my birthday was march 29th so you know i i try to get a lot of these things done in advance and you know put them out um on a schedule because i have a life y'all I work 12 hours a day. I know y'all tired of hearing me saying the same shit over and over but i have to emphasize why i do what i do sometimes but anyway, it's been great. Um, as I speak to you right now, it's Friday night. Tomorrow I'll be heading to Louisiana and celebrating the graduation of my oldest child from high school. So, yeah, milestone in the life, milestone in the life of my child. And I'm glad, you know, because who it's been some years and it's been some shenanigans. It's been some rough shit going on and she finally made it to the end and it's over with. So that's one down two to go, which the second one is not far behind. Uh, he graduates next year. <laughs> so, you know, this next year, school year is going to be a hustle, whether it be, you know, at home or at school, however we get through it. But this is his last year. And it's time to get him through the paces just like his older sister. And I'll have two graduated young adults. And then I'm stuck with this little crumb snatching motherfucker, this nine year old to the year of 2028. <laughs> it's all good, though. But anyway, I, I've, I've rambled enough. I done gave you a long ass story that I could have summarized very much. And um, I'm getting ready to pack up and get on this road and do the things and stuff. So you can follow the show on social media on Twitter at three R show. You can follow me on Instagram at the three R show. You can find videos for some of these interviews and more shenanigans 
on YouTube. Just search for 3R Show. You know, I'm trying to get to 100 uh, subscribers or whatever. I think I'm at 42 right now. So if you can help me with that other 50-something, it would be very much appreciated. Um, Also, Facebook. I haven't been posting there as much, only the traffic from the Instagram. But I uninstalled the Facebook app from my phone because it was taking up too much space and I have yet to reinstall it. So once I put that back on there, I'll get you some more Facebook content. But you can search for The Random Rounds with Rob on Facebook or go to facebook.com forward slash 3R show. For anything that I may have missed or failed to mention, you can go to randomrob.com. You can find many different ways to help support the show, such as Patreon, which, you know, honestly, I don't give some shits about, you know, I just don't have the energy for it. You know, I kind of feel like to where I'm just leave the dollars here up there. If you want to support once a month, for a dollar, you know, you'll get some free doodads and everything for me and whatnot. Um, I'm going to try to get back into the swing of things to where, like, if I have a guest to where we have pre-show chatter for more than 10 minutes or whatever, I'll start posting that pre-show audio and whatnot because it's edited out of the episodes that you listen to on the feed. So you can get that on Patreon for a dollar, you know. Um, and other ways you can support is by merchandise. And just think about it this way. If you're going to pay a dollar a month for a whole year, that's $12. If you buy a shirt, that's $18. So, I mean, you support the show for over a year with one purchase of a shirt. You know, you support the show for 18 months if you buy one shirt. If you buy a hat for 35, you support the show for 35 months all in one shot instead of, you know, nickel and diamond for a dollar a month and whatnot you know just another way i look at it but at the same time your contributions go to this studio now that you've heard my dilemma and whatnot you know i'm dealing with electricity and conduits and breakers and sub panels and all kinds of shit i gotta buy the air conditioner and install the air conditioner cut holes in my house so your contributions is going to that right now (laughs) shit my homeboy as i said on the last episode my homeboy mario just recently bought a shirt and that shirt money that I got from him bought me a bucket of paint to paint my office. So if y'all want to chip in, buy some shirts and hats and everything or PayPal, uh, cash at me is all on randomrob.com and um, help me furnish my office. I'm, I'm actually building the desk myself. So that's I got to buy wood and I got some tools and other things that I need to buy to complete that task. Um, you can go to Amazon. And um, use well, you can go to randomrob.com and use my Amazon links and everything. I'm pretty sure you know how those work. You know, save it as your favorite. Once you click that, it'll take you to Amazon. You buy things like you normally do. You don't pay nothing extra. I get recognition for that. I get a little bit of money. I have an Amazon wish list. If you want to donate equipment to the show, the Amazon wish list is on randomrob.com. But most importantly, hear me out. You don't have to spend a dime of your money on this show. The most important way that you can help support this show and any other podcast that you listen to is by writing reviews, sharing videos, sharing the podcast, retweeting, commenting, interacting with the show. Leave a voicemail 304-825-5762. Be a part of the show. Those interactions, those retweets, those reviews on whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on. Those help the show tremendously. And maybe I can snag 
a sponsor that'll pay me some loot. That way you don't have to, because I'd rather a corporate sponsor that's giving me money than you spending your money on this show. You know, if you want to show support, by all means, I appreciate it wholeheartedly. But if you ain't got the funds, I know we in some trying times right now. Free way you can do it is write those reviews, retweets, share and interact with the show. That's the best way. Speaking of sponsors, the ones that I do have, you can go to hooksrubsandspices.etsy.com and get you some delicious seasonings and rubs for your meats. Although I will have to say, um, it's been pointed out to me by one of the um, listeners that um, they're on a bit of a hiatus right now. They had some family issues and whatnot because this is a family company. They make everything themselves. You're not buying it from a third party. They're making this shit in their house. You know, they 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 are the business. So they had to take care of some family issues. They're on hiatus right now. The store will be back up soon. And um, just keep an eye out for that. But if you go to hooksrubsandspices.etsy.com or hooksrubs.com, you can get 15% off your order. If you use promo code random poddex.com got five variety packs for you. They got the episode uh, deck. They got the interview deck uh, it, with volume one and two. They got the uh, would you rather deck and the what the fuck deck. I think I, I could be totally wrong off. That. I know it's uh, one is green. One is red. One is white. One is gray. One is black. I remember the colors of the boxes or whatever, but these are unique uh, cards uh, that'll help you in, with your podcasting and whatnot. I mean, if you're a rookie podcaster or even a veteran podcaster, these are great tools to put in your toolbox. You hear me say that every week and I'm not bullshitting. I'm serious. And if you go to poddex.com, if you're interested, get more info on it. Go to the website. And if you want to purchase, you can get 10% off your order if you use promo code random. Now, you know what the last one is. You know, I usually hit the sultry voice and uh, play the sexy music and tell you about Blue Chew. Go to BlueChew.com. You can get your first order free. Only pay $5 shipping. And that's pills for your penis. Chewable pills for your penis. It works two times faster than Cialis and goddamn Viagra and whatnot. Don't need to go to a doctor's office. Do it online. But as I was saying, you get your first shipment for free. You use promo code random. You got to pay $5 shipping though. But um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to get through that because I, you know, I get carried away with that sultry, sexy voice in the, in the music, in the background and everything. And I done rambled so much about this goddamn room project and I got stuff I still need to do. So there it is. Use promo code random across all three of the people I just mentioned and you'll get some savings. So now that I got all that out of the way, I appreciate all of you for listening, sharing, interacting with the show whenever you can. I'm always on Twitter. If I'm not saying anything, I'm always watching and retweeting the show, trying to get the word out there about what I got going on and whatnot. And I appreciate each and every one of you that interacted ever, listened ever, whether it's one time or 100 times or as of this episode, 224 times. I appreciate each and every one of you. You know, I love doing this show, you know, and I have no aspirations to stop it anytime soon. So until next time, I'll see you next time.